The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 66 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We're here in jolly old England in our recording studio that's set up at 221B Baker Street, and I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Joining me, as always, is the Watson and my Sherlock, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Cristados? Well, Jared, you know, I'm not feeling too good. I was making some tea, you know, Uh-oh. and... I didn't know what was going. I was making some other stuff too, but it's not. I think I used the same mm. pot in the tea and mm. the leaves. And well, you know what I mean. I was my stomach just a little upset right now. All right. So it was tea, maybe some extra stuff, but no heroin. But no heroin. No. Okay. <laughs> not yet. We'll see what. We'll see <laughs> That's what... leave it alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this normally is the part of the show where I'd introduce my brother, but my brother's missing. So ho- hopefully we'll figure out what happened. <laughs> Before we get out of this uh, this uh, episode, we also have with us our favorite constable, Delvin, the Dark Web Wilkins. How do you do, Bobby Wilkins? I am doing very well, Jared. Thank you for asking. And I have an offer I don't think you can refuse. What you got? I will give you 1,000 pounds to quit the podcast. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. That was too Wait, easy. You were, you were supposed to <laughs> you weren't supposed to sell us out that quick. You're, so, you're supposed to fight for us, Jared. Oh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep, that's what we got going on. With that, I will hand it over to Pat, and he can give us, you know, the very last show description for this particular brand of Saturday Night oh, Theater. man. Try to pep it up, man. I know we're all a little sad, but we'll talk about our memories a little later on in the show. We'll look back on the entire experience but for now let's just you know let's do our usual well jared i am glad you asked and let me tell you i am glad in doing this part one more time so saturday matinee theater is a retro review sometimes index show brought to you by the Longbox crusade where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television movie serials or films basically if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten We're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes. This is the last one, boys. We hit 39 on this one. Hmm. But for those of you just listening and haven't watched one before, let me tell you. 1954 Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So... Take off your deerstalker cap, get cozy by the fireplace, light your pipe, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. Just don't get deliberately duped. Right, folks, before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1955. This will help us get into the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back 
to the 1950s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Revlon lipstick. You know, there really is a non-smear type lipstick that's making big news. It's Revlon's new Lanolite lipstick. It's the first beauty cream lipstick, especially made to soften and moisten your lips. Now, of course, if any lipstick is going to do that, it can't just stay on the surface of your lips. It has to penetrate the way a soothing face cream does. So watch June Graham in this simple penetration test. Thank you, Mike. Hello. You see this? Just an ordinary piece of paper, the same on both sides. And here are three different lipstick ingredients. First, I'll rub on some of this greasy stuff. Now, this is actually found in many lipsticks. Next, I'll rub on some lanolin. You know how good lanolin is. But now, Revlon's exclusive new lanolite. Three ways better than lanolin itself. This is the same ingredient that you'll find in Revlon's rich face cream. Notice I put it on last. Now let's see which one is penetrating the best. We'll just turn the paper around, and look, it's getting dark right here, because the lanolite is penetrating, moistening the paper. Well, that's pretty much the same way. It softens and moistens your lips. Yes, Revlon's new lanolite lipstick is the only non-smear type lipstick that's a beauty cream lipstick, especially made to soften and moisten your lips that beauty treats your lips as you wear it. So ask for and be sure you get Revlon's new Lanolite lipstick. So, Revlon's Lanolite lipstick, ladies and gentlemen. Delvin, your thoughts? I, I'm glad that they told me about this because the lipstick I was using, whew, it was not penetrating, let me tell you. I mean, it was just there. You know, I had the whole clown thing going, whatever. Mm. It, was, it was clashing with the beard. So now I know I need that penetrating lipstick. That's right. We've all taken a penetration oh, test at some point. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. Sir. I mean, uh, Pat, what do you got? <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what about Mike uh, you know, Wallace? I, he was looking I young, know. wasn't he? Was it? That was Mike Wallace from like 60 Minutes. It was? Yeah, oh, he was looking okay. pretty young there. Didn't we have him in another one? Yeah, he was in another commercial we did. Okay. Uh, was it so. the Fluffo? I think it was Golden Fluffo. Oh, Golden yeah, Fluffo. I, yeah. I, I used the Nutty Professor joke then. I will not use it now, but it's still <laughs> on my mind. I understand. It is. You can even Especially because we're talking about moisturizer. We're talking yeah. about moisturizing stuff. It, like, it, it, so it applies, but I won't, <laughs> right. I won't use it. I won't we had moisturizer. Right, we had penetration yeah. tests. I think Gordon, the Fluffo does help with the penetration. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the moisturizing, it just, mm, my lips are just, I don't know if I'm hungry or if I'm <laughs> scared <inspired>. a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think Revlon's still in business to this day, though. So they've been yeah. hanging out for a while. But yeah, so they had Mike Wallace and a lovely lady doing her, her penetration <laughs> test. You know, she had that paper out. Like, cause, you know, for those of you listening on the podcast version, I mean, she literally had like this paper and she'd smear the three type, types down just to see which one would soak through better. And Revlon soaks through the best. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> one of our more bizarre commercials. Oh, goodness. With that, <laughs> let's pass it to Delvin. Since we're in our 1950s mindset, he'll give us the episode info. Episode 39, the final episode was titled The Case of the Tyrant's Daughter. The original air date was 17 October 1955, which was about a full month since the last episode. The director was Steve Previn. The writer was Roger E. Garris, 
with guest stars Archie Duncan as Lestrade, Basil Dignam as Herringway, Zach Madelon as Tom Vernon, and June Peterson as Mary Duggan. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode and then we're going to discuss it. There are going to be some spoilers hanging your way, folks. So again, if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, come back to join our discussion. And at only 26 minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following homes, Pat. Hashtag I'm following homes. Got to get it right. It's the last time, Jared. Hashtag I'm following home. Yep. Uh, Three for three. Hashtag I'm following homes for the last time, gents. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. Man, it's like a cloud of sadness. <laughs> I know. You know. Power just, through. Power I through. I know. I just realized that we're, we're, after we record this, we're going to have to take all of our equipment and get it out of 221B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it's know. Moving time. We, we would have had Sean to help us before, but he passed away, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, before we finished. And Jason's not here. It looks like we're going to move it all ourselves. And then Delvin and I, we've got that thing after this. So, Pat, we're going to need you to move all the equipment out. Kind of like the yeah. decoration. Like, what? like what? Pat, Pat, I would what? I would help. I really would. But the thing, yeah. it's it's a really important thing. Yeah, we had Delvin and I got a thing. So, if you just start moving the stuff out of 221B when we get done here, it'll be, we'll, be, we'll be back to help you when we're done with the thing. Are you guys, like, putting up Christmas lights in... On the London on um, square somewhere or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, let me get to the plot summer. <laughs> Maybe where's where's Chris walking? Uh, he comes and goes. Oh, you never know. I mean, he yeah. gave us that Zeppelin, so I mean, yeah, maybe exactly. that helps. You can use the Zeppelin to move the equipment if you need to. As Holmes and Watson bicker about poisons and teas, Mary Dugan arrives at 221B to ask for some help. It seems that someone has murdered her former employer, Mr. Herringway, and she helped the police put away Tom Vernon, the suitor of the murdered man's daughter. But Mary doesn't feel right about her testimony against Tom. The whole situation seems a bit off to her. So she asks Holmes to look in on the case. And once Holmes finds out that Lestrade's 100% certain that Tom Vernon is the culprit, he happily accepts and sets out to prove Tom's innocence. So if Tom didn't kill Herringway, who did? Mary Dugan seems unlikely since she brought the case to Holmes. Herringway's lovely daughter wouldn't kill her own father, would she? And that's the whole problem of being tyrannical. Got no shortage of suspects. (laughs) 
this was got a pretty good little plot twist at the end. I'm just going to tell people in the chat, like, uh, we don't want you to leave or anything, but man, we are going to spoil this one. <laughs> this is a pretty good episode, I think. But you know what? It's not up to me to think. Let's see. According to my order of, we're going to go, no, we got no guests. We got no Jason. Delvin, you get to go first, sir. High, low, or what the? I tell you what, this podcast and this podcast network is full of bits and bits and bits, but I don't think any of us are as committed to the bit as literally dying. <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy, it was like, I don't lose ever. Like, dang, son, like you are you're 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 total bastard, but you're committed. So I mean there is that. He's got that going for him, which which is nice for a bit committal, but literally nothing else. He uh didn't like to lose. <laughs> no. <laughs> when he was like, I never lose, I'm like, I All right. you were just-, just just in case you listen to the podcast. If you didn't watch the episode like we told you to, all right. Uh, bottom line up front, this tyrant guy, the tyrannical dude, killed himself to make it look like his prospective son-in-law killed him just so his prospective son-in-law would go to jail and not be able to marry his daughter. Wrap your head around that one, people. <laughs> that wow. Some S. So that is what Del was talking about when you're talking about what? ultimate committing to the bit. But, you know, he did have a medical issue that Watson did say probably he had a year's worth of time. That's a good point possibly left so in order for him to not see his daughter run off with this you know the guy any any good dad would do that <laughs> am i right <laughs> pat have you cooked up a similar plan or something <laughs> like if, if you're about to pass away or something can we have your toys they do look pretty sweet that's that's all i'm saying yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. dibs on mm-hmm. toys and comics that's a good point, though, Pat. Like, the guy knew he probably had less than a year to live. So why not do We're something grandiose, though. you know, yeah. <laughs> with, with it? Anyway, Pat, it's your turn. Hit me with a high or a low for this episode. We got a lot of things that happen in this episode that I think a few of the tropes we've seen in the past and all kind of kind of culminated. Cum- culmination. 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 <laughs> there was a culmination that was happening here. You know, like all the culmination was mm-hmm. happening here. <laughs> right. You know, Holmes fooling around in the beginning with his chemicals there. We originally saw in uh, the earlier episodes so that brought back some memories for me on that one. And then just the banter back and forth between him and Watson. And then, you know what we got to see? Flashback. <laughs> But they did this one in a good way, you know? Yeah, I wasn't upset at this one. I I wasn't upset with it. But I knew it was coming. The minute she started, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. They teased it a couple of times, too. Almost as if they knew we were watching. Because, like, they did the angle, and she was kind of looking off like this. And I was like, oh, uh uh-huh. Uh, and then she kept talking and then they did it again. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, and she paused oh. a little bit more. And then it's like, and I remember back when, yeah. I know I'm like, are they going to do it? I'm like, Oh, are they going to dupe me or what? What's going on here? I'm like, all of a sudden they did it. I'm like, Oh, finally. But I think it was, it played to the story very well here. Maybe it's just me knowing that it's the last episode that we had to watch. So all this stuff was kind of coming together in a way that we've seen kind of build up. Not yeah. saying, I, I don't know if they knew this was going to be their last or not. I don't I, know. I can help you out a little bit on that. Like this, a little bit. They, 
knew they were doing 39 episodes. Now, whether or not when they recorded this one, if they knew this was it, like... Which one was the last? Yeah, okay. They might have released them out of order, because if you remember, they were coming out weekly, and then there was a month before the second to last episode, and then a month before the last episode. So I don't know about the release order, but I do know that they were picked up and approved for a second season that just never happened. And and all the research I've ever done, I can't figure out why. Like, they were approved for season two, and it just never happened. So I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Ronald Howard left to do other stuff or like a key player like him or um, H. Marion Crawford, or I don't know what happened and, and, hmm. and who left or maybe the production. I don't know. But they did get picked up for a second season, which kind of I'll lead that into my I guess it's a low, but I, I really kind of wish that they had known and there's nothing you can do about this. It's still a good episode, but I wish they'd known this was it because I think they would have put a little bit more of a bow on to, for this to be the last episode. But um, as far as my research goes, picked up for a second season, it just never materialized. So we kind of that's interesting. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. So Why anyway, would you have a second season all up for Q online and had the actors lined up, and then it just didn't do it. Especially, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm biased, but this was a good series. It was. It was. You know, and you know, we'll talk about this later on in the episode folks, but, uh, and we'll even talk about how we got to, <laughs> to this point, but we're going to be replacing this. Our new backbone show is going to be the adventures of Robin hood, which, uh, debuted in 1955, right. As the show was going off the air and Robin hood mm-hmm. went for four seasons. Now I don't know if we're going to do all four seasons here on that. We'll, we'll probably do one season and then move on to something else just to keep things fresh. But yeah, Robin hood got four seasons out of it. And wow. Holmes got one. And like I said, it said they were picked up for a second season. It just never materialized. So the only thing I can think is something happened with one of the key actors or money problems. That's yeah. all I can think. Uh, I have mentioned on episodes before that Sheldon Reynolds brought this format back in the it's late 70s, I think. Late seven, like 78, 79, maybe 80. He had another Sherlock Holmes run. Oh. A lot of them were just remakes of these episodes. So I'm keen oh, on watching those and seeing what yeah, I think. that'd be cool. So I don't know. I don't know if something happened with Sheldon or the cast or the crew, but just really weird that we didn't get that bow on it final episode. But I, I've talked enough. Let's go back to Delvin for another thought. Let's give a kudos to the detective work, right? Okay. I I like Sherlock Holmes's detective work all the way throughout, even from the beginning where we got that lovely chemistry with uh, Holmes and Watson, where Watson was mad and he's sticking, you messed up my teapot and he storms out and he, then he comes back. Wait a wait a minute. How do you know I was going to this part? It's it just because he couldn't he couldn't help it. And it just just that dialogue was cool. And then it was cool that Sherlock Holmes, all it took was him A finding out that the young man was a chemist, and then B just chatting with him, or just he didn't even chat with him. He just heard him talking for a matter of about 10 to 15 seconds. It was like, nope, he didn't do it. There's no way. Did he know it? No. But did he have a very, very strong suspicion based off of the events that happened? Yes. And that was cool. I love how this Sherlock Holmes was a lighter version of him. You know, he wasn't like, you know, the Cumberbatch version, a little bit arrogant or whatever, or even Basil mm-hmm. uh, Rathbone. But I like this version, especially when they kind of played him as light and airy, but it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I still got my skills. <laughs> I might be a little bit light and airy, but like, I absolutely am the smartest man in the room. Let me prove it. And he proved it how a very smart person would prove it. Like, oh, I just needed like 
that much detail. I understand the complete picture now. That is exactly how a smart person would do it. Like, I, I'm assuming this. I'm, I'm not smart, like, but like, I would figure like what the opposite of smart would be. It, like, because I need, I need all the clues, just like the access. <laughs> I need all. Yeah. All Same here. Like everyone laid down, put in order. Then I'll get it. Him, he needs like one or two, and he, and he has it. So that was awesome. Yes, indeed. And I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I like to repeat these things on this final episode. But yeah, Ron Howard definitely wanted to take a Sherlock Holmes in his early 30s approach where he's still got some optimism in him and uh, not jaded by the world yet. And uh, this is a very accessible Sherlock Holmes. The others can be more fun to watch because they're so grumpy, but he's I don't know. It just gives you the warm feeling inside. Like whenever him and Watson show up on the screen, you're just like, ah, I feel comfy and cozy right now. <laughs> right, Pat? I want to kind of play off of what Delvin was saying, though. There is some arrogance about him when he's playing against Lestrade. <laughs> Lestrade. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man, I was laughing. And just watching him, you know, the writing for Holmes to kind of just, you know, manipulate Lestrade to go let him see the prisoner. Uh, you know, Lestrade just kind of turns around and, and Holmes makes it seem like it's Lestrade's idea to, you know, and just he gives in and all that. So I I, I like that. It, it played out pretty well. I, I'll play Jason's role here because Jason always likes sticking up for Lestrade. And here's a stick up for Lestrade. If you're Lestrade and you are, let's say, the very stereotypical cop, you can't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do my job. He could have kicked out Sherlock Holmes oh, sure. at the door. Get out. You're not You're not a police officer. We've got our dude. The case is solved. Go away. And he didn't. He, he knew what Holmes was there as soon as Holmes said it is attention. And so I, you have to get the feeling that maybe Lestrade is in on the joke just a little bit. Even though it's like, yeah, I, I definitely know what we did to police work. The guy that we have in our custody, it makes sense to have him. But I will put aside my pride just a little bit and let this man do his work. And maybe, maybe just maybe we've got the wrong guy. So it, it does take a little bit of, I don't even, what's a good word for it? Like, you know, to say, hey, I'm not like, even though this is my job and you're not a, a police officer, I might still be wrong. Humility. Humility. He has some humility he, enough to do that. See, I don't think he's doing it. I think he's doing it the opposite way where he's trying to prove Holmes wrong and go, okay, I'll let you go talk to him. See, here's the facts that I saw that he did it. We got him. He's a chemist, blah, blah, blah. And so he's trying to prove to Holmes that he is the more smarter one because, you know, he's the detective. He's the law where Holmes isn't. I've That's noticed, my take on him. I've noticed, too, that. Home, like you were saying, originally kick off this whole conversation, Pat. Holmes kind of being a jerk to Lestrade. He only really does it when Lestrade is certain. Yeah, yeah. Like he it, it, they're both trying to teach game. him, like, like, okay, never be certain, yeah. dude. You know. But I also will be like Delvin, who was being like Jason and play defense for Lestrade because you also have to imagine Lestrade's probably working two hundred cases yeah. <laughs> at any given moment. So yes, he's trying to process them with the simplest solutions and get them off his desk. Yeah. And Holmes gets the luxury of being able to focus on one interesting case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no, I, I see it from both sides. Yeah. yeah. I, I do see it from both sides. <laughs> it's fun. Fun it chemistry fun. between the two. That's, that's what makes it really interesting is you got that fun chemistry. Perfect. Yes. You know, I'll toss in a high here at the uh, end of round two. I'd seen these before. 
right? And we'll I'll talk about that a little later on uh, as we say our farewells. I'd seen all these before. I didn't remember what the solution to this mystery was. So, you know, usually I get to about the halfway point and I go, oh, it was a, I was like scratching my head like, this was a good mystery. Because I was like, who the hell killed this guy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, And so I started thinking, was it Mrs. Dugan? Well, why would she take the case to Holmes then? Yeah, like, that's what I thought. I, I yeah, it it was a good mystery. I, in Solid. the beginning, I started thinking, okay, it's the the daughter because like she was never there, but maybe she did something like poisoned him in some other way, you know, because she wanted to be with the guy and she knew that her dad wasn't going to let that happen. So I thought maybe that the the daughter did it. Yeah, a lot of viable suspects. What I'm loving about now doing this live is in the chat, people are just going back and forth about different versions of Holmes and Watson and why they like each one. There's a lot of great positivity going on there about Holmes mm-hmm. and Watson combos, and I'm loving it. I am loving it. So I guess that's the end of our official highs and lows rounds. Now, Pat? <laughs> yes. Do your thing. I, I think we talked a lot about some stuff. Let me just go over a few things that I have in my notes. What medicine can you drink that all of a sudden you're feeling better already? I, I didn't understand that. Whatever, you know, he brought it in the green Heroin. bottle. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe. But that was quick. I'm like, I actually don't know if you could drink heroin or not. I don't know enough about drugs. <laughs> I can neither confirm or I don't deny. Know. You know, you always see time, that in but... the movies. They're like guy with a heart, like heart conditions. Like he takes his pills and he starts to feel better. Like I always yeah. wondered, what's that fast? Really? Come on. It takes me like at least 15, 20 minutes before it kicks in. Yeah. Fast acting is normally 15, 20 minutes, but you know, that said, <laughs> no one wants to wait 15 or 20 minutes and you're sitting there staring at the screen like, <laughs> just, on this episode of Sherlock Holmes, they're just looking at him. Okay. He's feeling better. He's feeling better. <laughs> well, that's no, bad. I see you looking at that list. Yeah. I'm looking down at my list. I, I kind of covered a lot of everything. The other going back to the Lestrade and Holmes thing. I like the last thing that Holmes had said as they were kind of leaving uh, Lestrade's office and he kind of gets the final jab into Lestrade by saying, not as, as innocent as you are. (laughs) He's as innocent as you, me. Well, maybe not as innocent as you. you, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, that's one of those, that's one of those slight digs. Where, like, you hear it, and you're like, ha, 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 and later, wait a, wait a minute. That's, That's not so fast acting. 20 minutes later, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> Oh, I, you know what? I'm going to throw it on this. I'm pull a pat, too, because I kind of like the way that there's a little bit of uh, Holmes comeuppance, because didn't he get sick from drinking out of the wrong teapot yeah. at the end of the episode? He sure episode? did. He <laughs> He's sure like, did. I drank for the wrong one, which had, was still had, like, a minute bit of poison. <laughs> and, like, he looked basically poisoned himself. <laughs> Uh, that was nice. Very mm. good. Very good. Delvin, you got anything else uh, as, as I see Pat looking over his list? I think we covered it. Like, I am, I'm good with what I brought up. I'm good with the discussion that we have. Yeah, it was a good one. A lot of lively discussion. Like I said, a lot of cool stuff going on in the chat for this live uh, episode as well. All right. I'm going to be a little brief with fun facts today, and we're going to tr- shuffle some stuff at the end of the episode because we've got some farewells to do and some voicemail send-ins to listen to and all that jazz. So let me just get into fun facts real quick. And I've I've covered 39 different fun facts. Now I'm kind of running out. That's a lot of fun facts, my friend. That's a lot of fun facts. <laughs> but I found a neat little blurb that kind of gives us a good sense of how this show was. Like, we're looking back on it now, what, 50, 70 years? <laughs> Something like that. Like, 70 years on. I found a little blurb of people talking about it when it was new. Like, blurbs from the 50s. So I figured hmm. I'd share that with everybody. Uh, when the series debuted, it was indeed a hit. A publication called This Week declared 
quote, you won't want to miss this four-star video event, end quote. Variety reviewed the series on October 20th, 1954, and called the show a winner that avoids the customary cliches that seem inevitable in treatment of Conan Doyle stories. The series was voted Best New Mystery in the Non-Network Film Series Division in Billboard's third annual TV, Film Program, and Talent Awards based on an all-industry vote. So people liked it in the 50s, and we're digging it now. So pretty cool. Word, word. With that, let's get to the pipe ratings. Pat, we'll let you go first this time. On a scale of one to five, five means you loved it. Four means it was very good. Three means it was good. And two was just okay. And one, I didn't like it. How did the series end for you, sir? Well, Jarrett, in the risk of having no extra pipes left over, you know, you know me, I like I like cleaning up after mm-hmm. the pipes and putting we, things we away for special reasons. That, um, you know, just we, we know the reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this being the last time, you know, we'll all be sitting around here smoking. That. Oh, wait a minute. Jason might have some extra pipes left, huh? <laughs> Something to think about. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. But anyway, you know, I'm going to give this five. I think it's a little above, you know, it's, I'm giving it the bump up because of the heartfelt that, I, you know, we've seen all 39 episodes and, you know, we've gone through them. And I think. I just really enjoyed it. And, and like I said in the beginning, the culmination. 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 Culmination, yes, of all that we've seen come together was just really well done here. And it wasn't overly used where in some of the other episodes it had been. So I'm giving it a five. I'm all in. Love it. Love it. Delvin. I will match Pat's five with my own five. Absolutely a little bit of nostalgia in play. But without that, if this were just, say, episode 18 out of 39, it would have been a four-piper because it was a very good mystery. It was a very good twist at the end, and it was a good organic twist that you can believe because that dude was like, no one liked that dude. He was absolutely (laughs) had a membership in the Haters Club. And so it was a good mystery. Sherlock Holmes used his intelligence and wit to solve it good interplay between him and Watson. Like the only thing that like would have docked it from being a five in normal cases is that there are about three or four cops there and none of them were named Wilkins. And that is Bravo Sierra. <laughs> Bravo Sierra, Jared. It is. I, yes, and I I'm not happy. <laughs> I know. I was that, hoping. Uh, that he, why? Was, was Wilkins busy? How come, how come he wasn't there? Why was there no Wilkins? Mm, it would have made it perfect. 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 Okay. It would have been a five without it. Still gets a five, but it would have been like, it would have been a six. It would have been a seven. I would have taken pipes from somewhere else and used them. But as is, it's a five. And uh, I'm going to have to ask all three of us to get up now. One, two, three, four, five will make you get down. Down, down. Uh, yeah, this was a, it was already a strong four for me. And then, like you said, you, you, you put in that it's the last episode and it, felt good and it felt right yeah it's a five great episode really good mystery again you yeah. good chance you're going to get a five for me if we're in the last 10 minutes and i'm still like who who killed this guy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i'm not i'm not sure <laughs> well i figured it you know once i kind of went through everything and i was going through who was doing it then i'm like okay this guy did it himself then but how did he do it that was the, the more of the mystery of how he did it you know, you were ahead of me, my friend, because I had forgotten that he'd done himself in. 
Oh, goodness. All right, folks, we're going to get into the 221B mailbag. It's going to be a little bit limited this time because we got a lot of audio send-ins we're going to listen to. But as always, we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content, raffle prizes, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh, oh, in the chat. Auburn Elvis, also in the chat. Bill Beer, missing from the chat. Blasted or stash it, not in the chat. Braxton Underwood. Okay. <laughs> kill the bit. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I tried. You wouldn't let me. If we're going to kill killer. the bit, if we're going to kill bit the bit, killer. it would be best to do it with Captain Entropy since it just kind of <laughs> faded out. Anyway, here we go. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, the sometimes appearing battle wagon. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. It's my time, boys. Here we go. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman, too. Joe Thomas. John Watson, appropriately named. Josh Strickland. That slacker, he's not in the chat. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. She's captivating. She's an MVP, and she's in the chat. And triple threat. Mark Ross. The monstrous Mark Hatherly. He's not in the chat, but he's probably drawing for Jared's comic, so we'll give him a pass. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devin. Paul Hick. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present in the chat. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington in the chat. Last but not least... Toronto cop. If we miss anyone on the list, of course, we apologize. Just remember, we record these well in advance of release. So if your recent edition, we'll add you soon. You can always let us know that we missed you by emailing contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you want to know, hey, how can I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, if you're watching the video version, it's on the bottom of your screen. If you're just listening, just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. If you don't have that extra scratch laying around, but you still want to help us out, maybe write a review for our show. Be it on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts Play or Apple Play Podcast People. You know, they're all, they always change the names. All right. Wherever you listen to it, if you give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. All right. We are now getting into our share, like, and retweet section, which this episode we're going to replace with voicemail send-ins. We have six, count them, six voicemail send-ins. From wow. folks who, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> been on the show before, and we will do the old give it a listen, make our comments. I've listened to all of them. Some of them are very heartfelt and wonderful. Some of them are very entertaining. Some of them are a combination of both. <laughs> so uh, let's get into that. All right. Our first send in is, he was in the chat a little while ago. Not sure if he's still around, but Chris from BTO at Bat Books. Let's give it a listen. I don't recall exactly how I was asked to join the esteemed company of fellow armchair detectives, Pat, Jared, Delvin, and Jason. It still seems like a fantastic dream. One moment I have my earbuds in, and I'm listening to the excellent Saturday Matinee Theater podcast about the 50s TV Sherlock Holmes, where I hope to one day perhaps be a guest, when I felt a sudden presence behind me. The next thing I was aware of was being in a horse-drawn carriage along a cobblestone street and finding myself just outside 221B Baker Street and hearing violin music just behind the door. Once inside, I joined my podcast heroes and idols in the library and study to watch, rate, and try to solve the case of the night train riddle with one of my all-time favorite fictional characters, Sherlock Holmes. 
The TV show had its charm and was fun to watch, as something from its time and comparing it to other depictions of the legendary character. The company of my fellow sleuths was beyond what I hoped for, from laughter to insights to laughter again as we compared notes and doled out our respective pipes to rate the mystery and the acting nuances as the room filled with pipe smoke and into a cloudy gray haze. After a spot of tea, I then found myself back to where I was, wondering if this was all just a fantastic and impossible dream, but seeing the words hashtag I'm following Holmes etched on my arm and offering my thanks to the gang at the Longbox Crusade, wherever they are. <laughs> that was uh, Chris at BTO of Bat Books. Thanks for sending that in, Chris. Boys, what do you think? Double, you got you look like you got something to say. Yeah. I mean, we got Mary Jane in the house, so Chris is lucky he didn't wind up with something else. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, you know, he was on that episode, he mentioned the night train. I think he really loved that stuff. It's a Guns N' Roses reference. I I didn't get it. (laughs) But when he did mention the night train, the first thing I thought it was Delvin's theory of either you're on the train. Or, or you're, you're off, off the train. train. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> There's only two choices. Only two choices. Two things for Holmes to figure out. Was either there. Remember that too? They were like looking all around. This is probably where the train stopped. And then they found like the kids hat laying plain as day out on their third look through the track. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories, memories. Oh, because yeah. It's so good, you know, to hear just the fond memories that Chris had and, and joining us. And thanks again, Chris, for all the support you've given us. I mean, 39 episodes and then some this is 65 thanks for being there chris yeah 39 just Holmeses. appreciate it let's uh let's check in with our old pal gene hendrix and see what he has to say lbc crew your mission should you choose to accept it is to watch all of the 1954 ron howard sherlock holmes series and comment what what do you mean they've already done it and i was Oh, 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 yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot I was on episode. Hey, guys, Gene Gene, the podcast machine here, wishing you a very happy end to a crusade, and that would be watching all of Ron Howard Sherlock Holmes. They were very interesting to watch along with you and to comment on the one that I was I was involved with. Thank you very much for including me. I always like seeing new takes on Holmes, and your commentaries uh, definitely made it, that much more interesting to watch and to listen along with. So, um, <clears throat> okay, now now we'll get back to the topic at hand. LBC crew, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is watch all the 1955 Adventures of Robin Hood TV series. And we will be seeing you in Sherwood Forest. This message will self-destruct in 30 seconds. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, Gene. Bits and bits and bits. Pat, what do you think? Well, Gene... You sure would see us in the, the Delvin. Forest Delvin, what are you? What are you <laughs> we we got about fifteen seconds before we need to put this in an explosive safe container. <laughs> so thank you very much, Gene, for that awesome comment. Yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely, Gene. Thank you. Yes, and for being part of it, and for pioneering our other Sherlock Holmes show mm-hmm. uh, with Jeremy Brett. Like you've contributed a lot, and we do appreciate the heck out of you, buddy. All right, next up. One of our favorite two professors. It is Professor Allen. Let's give him a listen. Hello, Baker Street boys. Professor Allen here. You may know me from such shows as the Quarterbin Podcast, Doomspeak, Darkness to Light, and Saturday Matinee Theater. Congratulations on making it through all 39 episodes of Sherlock Holmes. Excellent work. And on a personal note, I also 
want to thank you for giving me and Mrs. Quarterbin a fun show to watch together. Both of us thoroughly enjoyed the goofiness, the drama, and even some of the mysteries. We agree that this version, this, this take, gave us a good Holmes and a great Watson. And she also joined me in listening to some of your podcast review episodes as well. It helps that she has met the majority of you hosts and even likes the majority of you that she's met. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to whatever retro review awesomeness is coming next. (laughs) Professor Allen. It reminds me of that scene in the Ghostbusters part two, where they re-meet the mayor and say, almost 50% of us voted for you in this last election. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, she likes the majority. He's like, it's four of us. So the majority is three. So there was one of us. It's like, that that such and such is a piece of beep. I would kick him in the beep. Oh, Professor Allen. I like that he includes us in his resume of podcasts, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> which everybody should. Yeah. We had a question that popped up from Auburn Elvis, like, I, which I already figured the answer was obvious. So, what would the Baker Street Boys' next album be titled? Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, that. Oh, all right. Call oh, back. Oh, I, I, bits. Oh, bits. I call it LBC Got Bits. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, Professor Allen, awesome. Thanks for being part of the show. And uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. And for those of you watching and those of you listening, we have a little bonus surprise for you. We found him. We, oh, nope, we lost him. Nope, we found him. (laughs) There he is. The Weasel Skull has made it to the show. What time are we starting again? (laughs) We have three more audio (laughs) sentences to listen to, Jason. Uh, and then we're going to do the wrap. But that's good because your part of the script is about to come up. So oh, crap, I guess I better get the script up. Could then, be huh? better after we do these, uh, finish these voicemail send-ins. We're going to uh, need your part of the script. Uh, we've just been listening to some, some great ones. We just listened to a voicemail from um, Chris at BTO Bat Books. We just listened to Gene Hendricks. We just listened to Professor Allen, who told us that his wife enjoys the majority of the long box crusade crew. So we're not sure. I'm pretty sure it's me that she doesn't enjoy. You know what though? I did want to say this about professor Allen's. Cause I noticed like out of all of our listeners and friends and all that, and you guys are great. Professor Allen was the one that was sort of consistently commenting about he and his wife watching the show together. Cause they were like really using our show as a through point. And I, I, I that's what this was always designed to do was like get people to watch and then listen with us. And, and that's a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that he and his yeah. wife could do that. I Excellent have a couple point, Jared. Yes. I, I have a couple podcasts that uh actually have one podcast that I've done that with that has been an episode by episode show thing. So I watch and it just makes watching the show so much more fun when you watch mm-hmm. it and then you get to hear this conversation on it. So I'm really glad that he took advantage of that. And I want to welcome Ryan Daly. Uh having said all that, let's get to our next send-in. It is from one of our favorite professors. Oh, yes. <laughs> Top two. We got Top two professor. professors. You know, Two out of the top two professors, when they're not listening to our podcast, uh-huh. they are, you know, they prefer camels. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> Pat. All right. Let's, uh, all right. Let's get in and listen to Professor Frenzy's send in. April 10th, 2018, 1239 p.m. I got a message from Longbox Central asking me if I wanted to be a guest on a Holmes episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. I said, sure. 
and wondered what a Holmes episode was. Boy, did I find out. This Sherlock Holmes British TV show totally blindsided me. The boys at the crusade assigned me episode four, The Case of the Texas Cowgirl. It was good. Real good. May 5th, the Saturday matinee episode was released. I was happy with it. Just a bunch of guys jawing about a show we all enjoyed. I sensed a pattern. All the episodes of this Holmes show were good. Real good. I wondered what it meant. Maybe I'll never know. Maybe I'm not supposed to. Thanks, guys, for a great run. <laughs> How can you not love that? Jason just joined us. We'll give him the first word. It was boozy. <laughs> Real boozy. I liked it. <laughs> you can always count on the professor, man, to bring that production value. How fun was that? That was great. It was that good. was great. I felt I felt like a dame was gonna walk through my my mm. my front door at any second, mm-hmm. and a shot rang out. Bang! <laughs> it's a dark and stormy night. <laughs> I also oh. am pretty sure that he did the research and actually looked up the times and dates of when we messaged him and when the show aired because I think those were all correct. By the way, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> that was incredible. I wasn't. I wasn't even on Saturday matinee theater at the time. Oh man, came, yeah, that was. I think I came on on SMT five. Yeah, I think Cowgirl was in the first four. She was on the set. Sherlock, remember Sherlock? Yeah, Sherlock. <laughs> yep, I went there for that. That's cool. Oh man, Delvin, what you missed the most on that episode was that was one of Wilkins's more brilliant ones. That's where they found out that Wilkins could speak Blackfoot. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, like he's new in that Native American, we're like sitting around smoking that smoke. Awesome, shame I missed it. I have two black feet. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's go. <laughs> uh, you I gotta get them together again. It's always good. I'm make Jared lose it. <laughs> take a pause. I was thinking about it. Like, Wait a minute. Oh, I did. Okay. Now that I got it back together, let's get another send-in going. This one is from Ruth and Darren. They might be new listeners. I, I think they're new. I don't think I've heard of them before. <laughs> I'm kidding. We also think they're spies. Yes, I'm kidding. They're our very good friends, Ruth and Darren. Let's I'm still waiting for their show for about Star Trek to come on. Yeah, it, that show never comes out. <laughs> anyway, let's give Ruth and Darren a listen. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren from the Red Adventures Network. We love the Longbox Crusade, and we love Sherlock Holmes. So putting the two together in the Sherlock Holmes Saturday Matinee Theater was simply brilliant. We want to thank you for these podcasts. It was a treat to revisit the series while in the company of friends. We like Sherlock Holmes stories and all of the many incarnations of the character, and the cast for this particular series was always fun, and we enjoyed getting to know what you all thought of the characters and performances. And we thought the pipe rating scale was fun. We'd try to guess how people would rate the episodes as we watched the shows along with you. We enjoyed listening to all of the conversations and debates with you and your guests, and we were fortunate to join in for a few of those discussions as guests ourselves. We felt very welcomed and appreciated on the show and really enjoyed the laughs. There is such good camaraderie and good laughs among the Longbox Crusade members that we know everyone had fun listening. Thank you, Pat, Delvin, Jared, and Jason for this excellent series. Come on, Darren. We have to go. The game's afoot. 
Spies. The Italian spies. <laughs> oh, Ruth and Darren. Always so earnest and lovable. Thank you for sending that in. Darren, mm-hmm. Ruth, and can't help but everybody talks about uh, they have good laughs on the show. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's always good, you know, to have them just come on and, and relax with us and have fun. That's one of the favorite parts of my sh- of being on the show is all the guests that we had on joining us, and the fun Definitely. we have. And I'm glad that we got Ruth and Darren sent in. They're so awesome. Which means we have always. just one, one left to go. It is Diane Ryan Daily send in. So let's give Ryan's a listen. Hello to my friends at the LBC221B crew. This is Ryan Daly from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Congratulations on wrapping up your coverage of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes series. These Saturday matinee theater adventures have been a delightful romp through some old-timey television shows that don't get discussed much today. Your genuine affection for Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson and their world of mysteries and madmen made every episode of the podcast a treat for the listeners' ears. I also want to thank you for inviting me on the show to discuss a couple of episodes. I had a wonderful time. And now that you're done covering Sherlock Holmes, however, I would like to put in a special request. For your next Saturday matinee theater, you should cover the 1930s Flash Gordon serial. I would love to hear what you think about that one, especially the women on the show. One more time, guys. Congratulations on finishing 1954's Sherlock Holmes. Cheerio. That's uh, a good idea, right? <laughs> we'll see if we can't squeeze some Flash Gordon content in here somewhere. That was hilarious. That was classic Ryan. Yeah, classic Ryan. <laughs> it's been a minute speaking since of the, from good old Ryan Daly. It's, it's, good, it's good to hear from him. It is good to hear from him. And speaking of the women of Flash Gordon, they are exceptional, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hubba, hubba. Plus, <laughs> plus. It's a fun reminder, actually no fun at all reminder to our listeners that that was the show where the censor stepped in for the second season of the Flash Gordon and made the women wear <laughs> clothes, more, more clothing than they did in the first season. Like the censors hadn't noticed in the first season, like how uh, very attractive the ladies were. But then they got a hold of it. And we're like, oh, you can't have them showing that much skin. And Delvin, boo. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Those are all of our send-ins. Thank you, uh, Chris, Gene, Professor Allen, Professor Frenzy, Ruth and Darren, and Ryan for being a part of this uh, journey with us, for doing those send-ins. Those are all so freaking good. That was amazing. All right. Well, folks, again, thank you for all those send-ins. We're going to wrap this up with sort of of a look back over these last 39 Sherlock Holmes episodes. Kind of give everybody a chance to get a little bit wistful if you want, or upbeat, however you want to play it, but I have this question here and it says, what are some lasting memories around this journey through 1954's Sherlock Holmes? And Delvin gets the unenviable task of going first. Probably the biggest. The biggest has to be the continuing uh, rapport between Holmes and Watson. It was fantastic. Like, I mean, it, w- it became one of those where it was just one of those creature comforts. As soon as you watched that, like, even if it were an episode that we rated, like, I don't think I rated any episode of two. But like, so like, you know, three episode one else, maybe a little bit dragging the, the chemistry between those two was always there. And that was appreciated. And then you add a straight to it and that made it, that was cool too. So it really was those three. 
That was cool. Eugene Deckers was a delight. I had never known him as an actor before. I actually called him by his real Christian name and not Harry Crocker, which is his real, real Christian name. (laughs) But every episode he was in was fantastic. Then in the show itself, like a humorous show often does, it takes you on a pretty good emotional ride from sometimes they just write actual really good suspense to sometimes it was just outright hilarious. Uh, so sometimes it was a little bit goofy and sometimes it hit the mark, but and sometimes it didn't, but it was always entertaining. So that's what I'm taking away from the show. I'm glad that I came on, not even super late, but just a little bit later in the game than y'all did. Uh, and uh, you and Pat had a good idea from the start. And I'm glad that uh, y'all had convinced me to come along for the ride. It was really fun. I love hearing that. I'm glad you enjoyed the journey there, Delvin. Jason, final thoughts looking back on 54 Sherlock Holmes. To me, the most memorable thing about it, and Delvin, just to pick up where Delvin left off, is as far as our Longbox Crusade network goes, I think this is kind of where we really solidified as a network. And Delvin coming aboard was probably the most memorable thing for me, because when you pitched the idea of the show, I was lukewarm, I think, about it. I like Sherlock Holmes, but I was like, "Ah, you know, are are people going to listen to a 1954 serial uh does anybody other than pat and jared me really like this looking at our download numbers i think the answer is no (laughs) well delvin was a definite no and that's kind of my point i was like yeah it's not really my thing you know but after a while he dipped his toe into it and then came aboard fully and really you know his enthusiasm as he picked it up i think that really gelled us as a show and as a network and i I was really glad when he came aboard uh fully at that point and to me it just the show was fun it was just fun some of the sherlock holmes sherlock holmes kind of runs a different they have unique flavors and some can be very dark and this one kind of had that fun comedy element mixed with some dark material that just, I don't know, had a really good balance. So it was just kind of a combination of having the right show and then, you know, Delvin stepping aboard. And I think that's really where Longbox Crusade, in my mind, as a network, really kind of took off. And so for that, that's the most memorable and appreciative thing that that I have for this show. So nice take. In the comment. Nice take. Yeah, I think Jason makes a great point. I think we all have sort of these things that we love that overlap and Jason and I have a Sherlock Holmes love that overlaps and, you know, Pat and I had have um, snacks and, (laughs) but no, we all have these things that overlap. And like Jason said, this was kind of a a very niche thing where, you know, maybe Pat and maybe even more so Delvin didn't really know if they'd love it, but they tried it and it did bring us all together and and just, yeah, good point, Jason. Good point. Brought us all together. Pat, like Delvin said a lot, Jason said a lot about it. As Jason was talking about it, I'm thinking back to Saturday Matinee Theater is the third show that we brought onto the network uh, after we started doing Chronicles. And then Saturday Matinee Theater came up in the beginning. It was that kind of trepidatiousness of watching these shows. And then just to see where it has grown, you know, I can't believe we're at the end of Homes where this was the main flagship at the beginning was just we're just going to do some homes and go from there and then to see you know once we started getting close to 10 we're like well let's add in you know every 10 let's do a movie and then we're all like well let's do another you know a different show 
And that way we can do, you know, back and forth and just to see it grow. And then the community of listeners that listen to us and thank you very much, everybody. We really do appreciate it. It means so much to us that not only I would look forward to getting together and watching it and talking about it with you guys, but also the community and having guests on and getting their take on it and just Again, sitting around with us, having fun. That's what this whole network is all about. It's its all about just, let's just have some fun. The stuff going on in the world is going on, but we're here to bring that light and that spread that happiness, put a smile on somebody's faces. And and we have, and not only in me, but, you know, and the, the guests that have, have been on and gave us the voice send-ins and all that, Just you can just hear it. And it really means a lot to me to do that. So I, I'm looking forward to the next thing you know we've already done flash we're in the batman we're only a few more to go on that and it's just so much fun looking forward absolutely you guys out there in listener land on twitter and on patreon especially you know like we said you get to vote on show content so it's you guys who voted on flash gordon when we decided to add a serial and then it was you guys who voted on Batman 40s for the next serial. Like this is this is you guys out there voting. Just a, a quick peek behind the curtain on how that works. And we've made it public, but it's easy to miss it. Basically, we put a poll on Twitter and we put a poll on Patreon. And Patreon supporters are special because they're Patreon supporters. So that's weighted. They 50% of the vote is Patreon. So even though there's only maybe a handful of people voting, the vote is much stronger. So that's like the Senate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's part of all the access. That's part of all the access. And then the Twitter vote is the other 50%, like the Congress is is Jason's (laughs) house. The House, yes, (laughs) as Jason was uh, equating. So anyway, that's how that works. And yeah, you guys have taken us on this journey and it's, man, it's 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 been a blast. My final thoughts on this is uh, almost going to turn this into a nostalgia talk episode. Uh, I can remember, I guess, four years ago, uh, going down to spend a weekend with the Fire and Water Network's uh, host, uh, Shag, the Erdemel Shag, spend a weekend with him and his family, do a little uh, goodwill shopping down in the Tallahassee area. And we went to the Tallahassee Goodwill Bookstore, and that is where I found the DVD set of 39 episodes of Sherlock Holmes, 1954. I took those episodes uh, home, ripped them in my Plex server. But eh, let me give these a try. I'd never really heard of them. You know, I know a lot about Sherlock Holmes. I watched a lot of different versions, but I hadn't heard of these. Gave it a try. Um, started watching them one every night. And, you know, about 39 days later, <laughs> I watched them all. And I was like, these are really good. And that's kind of when I brought to Pat. I was like, this was a really good show. And again, there was trepidation. Like we old TV shows, you know, should we do a podcast? Around? I was like, man, they're fun. Let's give it a shot, you know. It's a lot of podcasts out there, um, especially at the time we're covering, you know, modern shows and maybe even some from highly remembered from the 80s or whatever. But I was like, we should do a podcast around forgotten shows that don't get any limelight. And the guys just supported it and came on board. And then the listeners uh, got in on it and the guests and it all just started at that little Goodwill bookstore where I spent probably $1.99 on the 39 <laughs> DVD set. And and here we are. So uh that's how I look back on it. All the great guests after that and uh, all the all the laughs we had, all the end jokes that came from this. It's pretty funny when people, and I saw people talking about it in the chat while we were recording this live. People talk about who's your favorite homes and it's always, you know, Rathbone or Cumberpatch, you know, and I think all four of us are going to have a little part of us is like, man, that Ronald Howard, he was all right, yeah. you know. He did all right. And yeah. just like I think it was Professor Allen said, Ronald Howard was a good homes. And H. Marion Crawford was a great Watson. I think he's my favorite Watson. P. 
period of all time. He's just a joy to watch. So yeah, man, lot lots of emotions to to bring this home, but man, at least uh at least we're all happy we did it, right? Absolutely. Jared, we gotta rate it, right? Like we rate it the end of the Flash Gordon run. We've gotta oh, rate we it. Did. Let's rate it. Oh, okay. Let's rate the overall experience of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do just for you guys. We don't do halvesies. I'm not going to allow that. But instead of one to five, we'll do one to ten. Wink. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) But yes, let's give them a rate. Let's rate the sucker on a scale of one to ten. Looking back on your journey, 1954 Sherlock Holmes. Maybe not the journey. Because the nostalgia, we're all going to give it a ten. How did you? How did you rate this television program? Scale of one to ten. Jason, we'll start with you. I was afraid you're going to start with me. Holy cow! So now I got to kick it off. Yeah, if it makes you feel better. What's I'm the matter, gonna, Jason? I'm Cat's probably, got your tongue. Oh, I'm probably going to give it a ten. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. It was a phone with cat in it. Cat's got. Yes, you. yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. If it was a nostalgia factor, of course it would be a ten. Just. For the reasons I've already brought up, I, I think just as far as the Longbox Network is concerned, this has been probably one of the critical. OK, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go humor, heart, spectacle and art, because that's if I got to break it down. Humor. Yeah, it, it'll get the full marks. It's going to get a 10 out of 10 for humor. There's just so much good. I mean, real laughs throughout this series. Uh, heart. I think I would give that probably about a nine just because. I'm comparing it to source material, right? Is it like spot on with the source material, with the books, with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? Probably not. There's definitely its own unique flavor, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So I'm just going to give that a nine. Uh, Spectacle, you know, it's a 40 show, so you can only do so much. But I, I think with what they had at the time and how it was still engaging visually, uh, the sets and everything else, I'd give that a solid eight. I mean, just factoring in the time. And then art, you know, like I said, it's its own flavor. So I would say art, I'd give that a nine. So do the math. I see Jared doing math for me. What what does that come out to be? Uh, you have a total of 34 divided by four categories gives you a nine. Okay. Yeah. Nine. No need to round it or anything. <laughs> nine for me then. There we go. I was I, I was betting in my head that he was not keeping up with the numbers and was said, completely content to just let him try on the bottom. No, I was I with you, but I, I Jared had that look, you know. Yeah, I was, I was over here doing the math. I was keeping track. Yeah. You know why? Because yeah, was, um, I misspoke. It was thirty six because thirty six divided by four is is a nine. Jason gave it a nine. <laughs> Okay, give it a nine. You're on a Saturday matinee theater. We do the math for we you. We kind of do the math for you. <laughs> Laurel, what did I give it? So uh, Jason uh, gave it a nine. That's fair. Pat? Well, you know, I have a different scale than he has. <laughs> and, oh, boy, I'm torn between an eight and a nine. If I could man, do halfsies. Come on, I already oh, gave man. you, like, the halfsies for <laughs> you. doubled the score points, and he still wants halfsies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I think overall, the, it's the nostalgia wants me to go high. I'd give it a 10 just for the fun that I had. Just watching it, I'd give it an 8. I think it deserves it. All 39 episodes put together to see the cast, their growth in their skills go together. And the, the cast of the extras, Eugene Decker, man, you got to give that guy some creds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, that's a, a supporting cast guy that, man. He, yeah. he did a great, super job. 
So I'm, I'm, like I'm super. I'm at a high eight. High eight. High eight. Okay. Love it. Uh, in the chat, Chola says it's a solid eight, and then she said, "If you watch and listen to the podcast, and it gets to a nine, which makes you feel really good inside." Oh. Delvin, I actually agree with Chola. Like, if you hadn't given it a ten scale, I was going to give it a four. It would have been like that strong four, you know, like he you're flexing. And so, like, if I double that, it's an eight, and I think an eight's a very good place for it to land. Where, like, at an eight means if someone if, if you know, you're just randomly just sitting there in some public space and you just happen to hear someone happen to mention something about this. Like, oh, I watched that series. Or if they were debating watching, it's like, oh, yeah, you absolutely should watch it. If you pick any episode of the 39, at a minimum, you're going to be like, that wasn't a waste of my time. So that's that's a good mark to start with, I think. And then some of the best ones, like the, the every time I think of a best one, I think of either Eugene Decker's or I think of that mystery where the dude had the bodies in the stairs, where it's just like, oh, <laughs> so like, there were, oh, I mean, but but there are others too, like you know when they went to Paris and, and oh, just any, I we could I could go on. None of the shows were a waste of time at all, ever. And if that is the watermark for a show, especially from a show that a lot of people like me, if I'm thinking of a show that is what going on 70 years old now, I'm like, oh, this is old. I'm not going to like it. No, wrong. Wrong again. I did like it. I enjoyed it a lot. And so that is that is a good sign. It gets an eight for me. love it. There are just a handful of shows out there that I think are perfect for a uh, rainy day, stormy night, or a snowstorm. You just want to kind of hunker down on the couch, be under a blanket, and feel absolutely comfortable. And this is one of those shows for me is an absolute 10. I will go back to it over and over again in those moments. It just, it's comfort show for me. To this day, um, I tend to go to sleep at night listening to TV shows. And uh, it's generally either a mystery science theater episode, an episode of Dr. Katz, which I'm going to figure out a way to podcast on at some point, or one of these homeses. I just close my eyes and I imagine the story playing around me and I drift off to sleep. So it's an absolute 10. Uh, I love it. It is a comfort show for me. Right up there with Airwolf, as Kathy mentioned in the chat. <laughs> That's some high praise. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that has been a blast. Thanks for going down memory lane with us, everybody. Man, as you can tell, we got a lot of uh, a lot of good feels for this show. If you want to uh, call in and let your voice be heard, you can call us at 707-532-5269 or 707-532-LBOX. up that phone baby yeah and with that hand it over to jason he's got some new stuff to read in his section <laughs> you know it doesn't happen a lot there he gets new stuff but he's got man i'm getting out i'm coming in i'm coming in cold too I, what happened time just flew man it feels like i just got here well that's it for this episode of saturday matinee theater if you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books check out the long box crusade pat where can they find that well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear from us on our track through all the James Bond films and James Bond materials, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcatcher. You can check us out at podcast.podbean.com 
or of course you can chat with us on Twitter at OHMS pod. Thank you, Jared. And if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Delvin. Kick us off. I can be found online at on Twitter at DEE underscore R-A-Y-1-9-7-7. What about you, Pat? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artists. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artists. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter and Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. Get your quiver filled with arrows and get ready to fight against taxation because our next episode will begin our journey through the 1955 adventures of Robin Hood, the TV series. We'll see you next episode for episode one, The Coming of Robin Hood. And I'm admonished not to giggle here, so no giggling, no giggling. What about penetration? (laughs) Jason doesn't know about the penetration test. He wasn't here for that part. It it still made him laugh. (laughs) All right, the meetup location, uh, HR office, apparently. Uh, no, Sherwood Forest. Meetup location is Sherwood Forest. Be there or be square. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Oh boy. oh boy, surprise, Look, surprise. At, this. Look at this right here. Look at this. Oh, he's on here mute. He comes he's up. Mute. See if can, I can you hear me? Wow. So old battle wagon himself. Old battle wagon himself. What's going on, guys? Hey, we're ju- we were just about to actually click go and start talking about this last Sherlock Holmes episode. Well, is this where I say my favorite episode before I leave? Just tell us what your overall uh, thoughts and experiences were with Sherlock Holmes and maybe mention your favorite episode. Okay, so my favorite episode, and good Lord Almighty, I don't remember the name, but it was the one with the blind gentleman. Uh, that was probably my absolute favorite one. I love the the tone of that one. I love the way they set it up. I love that cat and mouse between Holmes and the killer there at the very end. And I also like the fact that kind of Holmes kind of was on his side. Uh, that was one of the very early ones that we did together, and I happened to be able to get on that one. But I really did that. that I mean, not just because I was on that one, but that was probably my favorite episode of the whole thing. I just really like the tone of that one and how that one worked. But overall, through the Flash Gardens and through everything and even uh, the little side projects, it's been a great show. And uh, you guys have done a great job and I appreciate being a part of it. Awesome, Dave. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, that was a that was a Eugene Eugene Decker's episode. Mm, and he yes. actually played the bad guy in that one, which is yeah. Yeah. the bad guy. Like, Again, Holmes wasn't necessarily against him. He was, he was, he was killing people, but he had his reasons. <laughs> he did. I mean, he had very good reasons. It was very John. It was very nineteen forties John Wickish, if you think about it. <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> it kind of was. But guys, I am sorry. Thank you for inviting me. I'm sorry I forgot, but I do appreciate y'all letting me dial in and uh, you know act a fool for just a few minutes. No worries. If nothing else, you bought some more time for Jason, who's still mysteriously missing. <laughs> I got. I got. Right. You know what? I I think what happened to Jason is Kent got his phone. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start this dang thing. That was a good one, wasn't it? Probably should. That's a good. That's a good idea, Jared. <laughs> Thank you to everybody in the chat who hung in for 18 and a half minutes of all that. We will now start our live recording of the show, and I will start it in three and two. Looking good, Pat. All right, now bring us back to the show. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I'm gonna bring this. Would back. You, you know what? I you know I kind of look like <laughs> Sean Connery in um, Last Crusade. We named a dog Indiana. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to the show now. Actually, that wasn't a bad Sean Connery. I, I, well, I, was it your best one so far? <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, come on. We got. <laughs> We got to give our roses to people while they're still alive, Jared. <laughs> That's right. You guys can talk them up while I pull up the next part of the show. <laughs> well, we've had some pretty good dialogue with yeah. Jason. Hey, Jason, some of the listening and watching audience, they wanted to know, where were you? Where, you know, they wanted to know about your, I said you had a very important thing, but, but, but feel free, you know, to share or just make up a story completely. They don't know it's true. I told you that I, I was off shift and I was going to go get my pint before dinner. <laughs> Just get my pint before dinner. That's yeah. what I was doing. Sometimes and you got to get a pint before dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes, sometimes a pint turns into a quart, turns into a liter. I mean, what can you do? I noticed when that uh, when that person turned up dead and he was blowing on that whistle, mm. his buddy didn't come running. Back. <laughs> it wasn't that far <laughs> away, too. Told you I was getting the paint before dinner. You know, Jason brings up something interesting. I guess we can talk a little bit about the show because we didn't talk about that at all in the highs and lows. Was the very beginning where like the cops like spotted the dead no body. Wilk- I, I guess no Wilkins. Why yeah, we talked about it. Oh, we talked about that, but yeah, like I thought that was a weird beginning. Like if you take the beginning and just do away with it, this, the episode still makes complete sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> probably probably needed just a bit of filters. Like how long is the show? It's seventeen minutes forty eight seconds. Oh crap, we gotta get twenty. We gotta get twenty. <laughs> Get the cop off, cop outfits, Gary and Bob over here. We're, we're going to take care of this. 